Hi everyone, welcome back to my podcast, Silent Scars. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to this week's episode. Before I get into today's episode, I really wanted to mention some things that filled me with gratitude this week. So I started a new Instagram page called Silent Scars Podcast, and I've been able to reach out and connect with other MS fighters and warriors in the community. And it's been absolutely wonderful talking to them because they truly understand what I am going through and the pain that I feel and just all the frustrations that come along with MS. So it's been really nice to connect with this group of people. And they're so supportive and they're such a sweet group of people. And I'm just so thankful for their awesome feedback on my podcast and just their kind words in general and just their support. And I've even been able to talk to people around my age who also have relapsing, remitting, multiple sclerosis. And it makes me feel kind of a sense of normalcy in a way that I can connect with other people like around the ages of 21 through 25 who've been affected by MS. So that's just been really nice. Um, It's just nice to have that sense of connection and community because I don't know anyone personally around my age that has MS and that struggles with MS. So... It's been great to talk to these people and to just feel the love that they're constantly sending my way. So thank you. So I remember when I was in the hospital in April and when I was just diagnosed with MS and I was all by myself and obviously super scared and just really nervous about everything. Um, The doctors noticed I was having these panic attacks and they immediately prescribed me Cymbalta. And they said that they were killing two birds with one stone with this medication for me as it's an antidepressant and also it's known to help with chronic nerve and muscle pain also. I'd never been on antidepressants or any kind of anti-anxiety medication before this also. Um, They also prescribed me five milligrams of Ambien every night, which is a sedative for those of you who don't know, and it's used to treat insomnia. So they gave me these drugs without even consulting me about it first. And I even remember never being told the side effects of these drugs. And I was actually never even asked if I personally wanted to start these serious drugs. And I guess I just trusted that the doctors knew what they were doing and what, and like that they knew what they were talking about because they were doctors and I was just the patient in need. But I soon learned months later, the importance of being your own health advocate. So I was on these drugs for months. It wasn't until a few weeks after the first hospital visit that I started to feel like something was really off with my body. I felt way more sad than usual, so I had an appointment with my general practitioner and she immediately suggested that I would up my dosage of the Cymbalta to 40 milligrams a day. And she said that this would help me, the higher dosage would help me not only to start feeling better, but to not feel so sad as often, but also to not have these horrible shooting nerve pains that I was feeling and this nerve pain that was like killing my arms and hands and feet at the time. So she thought that upping my dosage of Cymbalta would just help me all around. So I trusted my doctor because I believed she knew what she was talking about, although I did have some precautions. Um, I ended up just silencing myself and just went along with what she said. So I was on the 40 milligram dosage of Cymbalta for a month or so when I realized that 
I honestly really hated what it was doing to me and my body. The dosage was so high and I quickly felt like nothing. Like I felt nothing when I wanted to feel something and that's a really bad feeling. So when I was sad and when I wanted to cry, I couldn't even cry. Like maybe one tear would come out, but then like the drug would stop me from feeling anything. It would just numb me. So the tears wouldn't even come out when I wanted to be sad and when I wanted to let out my emotions and cry because that's a normal human thing. And crying sometimes feels really good and it's a sense of like relief and releasing these emotions. So I felt so numb about everything with this drug and it was a really sad feeling and I felt super trapped inside of my own body and my mind and I honestly just hated everything about it. Um, Cymbalta numbed my emotions way too much for my liking and I soon like didn't care about anything anymore. I didn't have the same passions about things I loved doing before and I was just like completely emotionless and I did not feel like myself at all. So not only was the Cymbalta making me feel absolutely nothing, like when I say absolutely nothing, like I wouldn't even have like thoughts anymore. Like I felt like a zombie just going through the motions, but it was also making urinating really, really difficult for me. And there was a period of time where I would just sit on the toilet and I had the urge to pee, but nothing would come out. And I remember this one time, like, I think I'll always remember this because it was pretty traumatic and like frustrating, but I was out with a friend and we both had to use the bathroom and we had to use a public restroom and she finished like way before me, like normal. And I was still sitting there for about like 15 or 20 minutes with the urge to pee. Like I felt like I had to pee so bad, but absolutely nothing was coming out. And it was insanely frustrating for me like insanely frustrating because I never experienced anything like this before. So what I've learned through all of this is that an educated patient is an empowered patient. So as the patient, I think that it's super important that we do our own research when we have questions about things or when a medication you're on no longer feels good or was never the right fit for you. And I started to read a few articles about how some people with MS struggle with having the urge to pee and then dealing with issues of releasing. And I obviously connected to that. So I began to feel like like this horrible feeling of not being able to release was going to be my new normal. And that really scared the hell out of me. And that was something that sucked so, so bad. So I finally told my neurologist and... She suggested that I see a urologist who works with patients with MS at Penn Hospital. So I made an appointment with her over blue jeans, which is just like Skype between the patient and the doctor. And I told her about my symptoms and she immediately suggested that I come in to be taught how to self-catheterize. Yes, self-catheterization. So she said those words and I immediately broke down. I was crying. I was like freaking out. I just wasn't having it. I did not want to have to do that in order to pee. I did not want to learn how to do it. I did not want this to become a normal everyday thing for me at all. So I was very, very against this suggestion. And then she noticed that I was visibly upset, but then assured me that it wouldn't hurt and then said something like, it's only really uncomfortable and it's a pretty intimate procedure with the nurses. And I was just like, Like, after she said that, I was still, like, absolutely not. Like, nope, this isn't for me. No, thank you. I don't want any part of this. I don't want to do this. So between that visit 
and the visit that I was going to have with the urologist in real life, I went to the hospital between that time again to get more steroids after suffering from another nasty flare-up and some new symptoms that I was experiencing. Um, and I remember I told the nurse at the hospital that I was having issues releasing and she sent in a urologist to talk with me. Um, he put me on a drug called Flomax, which is a urinary retention medication. And he also told me that it would help me to pee easier. And he said it wasn't a super serious drug and not to really worry about it. So obviously I went along with what he said and trusted him because he is a doctor and I was just kind of like, okay, just add another pill to my already ridiculously large pill regimen. Like, it's fine. So I agreed to meeting in person with the urologist to talk about other options instead of the self-catheterization. And before this meeting, I knew I had to do my research before just stepping in there blindly because I knew that if I didn't come in to defend myself in a way and what I wanted, they would just tell me what I had to do and I would be silenced. So I, before the appointment, I was trying to trace back when I started having issues with urinating and I remembered that I never had an issue before I started the drug Cymbalta. So I looked up articles on Cymbalta and urinary retention and it turns out that in France, Cymbalta is actually used to help people who have no control over their bladders, like to hold their pee in. So I was insanely shocked when I read about that. Like another country was using this drug to help someone control their peeing in their bladder. And I also read that some antidepressants can make it very difficult for some patients to release when they feel the urge to pee. So naturally, I knew that I had to bring up my experiences with Cymbalta and my problems with it with this new urologist in order to get to the root of my issue. So a few weeks after that appointment, I met with the urologist and she was actually super awesome in real life. So she did a bladder scan to see how much urine I was retaining that day and it ended up being fine. Um, and then she started to mention the self-catheterization process like right away. So I knew like that I had to stop her. I told her that I was on Cymbalta for depression and that I was reading up on the correlation between Cymbalta and urinary retention and that I think that Cymbalta was the culprit here. So she was actually really intrigued and interested in my reasoning and ended up agreeing with me that I should lower my dose of Cymbalta significantly from the 40 milligrams to 20 milligrams a day to try to see if anything changes before we started with the self-catheterization process. So I was very relieved to be heard by a doctor and that they were actually agreeing with me. So that was a great step for me. I felt this like sense of control and that I had an idea of how this drug was affecting me. And literally not even two weeks later, with the smaller dose of the Cymbalta, I was extremely happy to notice that I was able to release so much easier than before. And I actually remember um, just like crying like the first time I could pee, like tears of joy, obviously, um, without having to push or like sit there for a half hour waiting for something to come out. So that was just such a good feeling for me. It just felt so good. And I felt like I was finally being my own best health advocate by speaking up for me. And like I had mentioned previously, I never needed depression or anxiety meds in my life before this diagnosis. And in the hospital, they were just so quick to tell me that I had depression. 
and they just gave me a strong drug to try and fix it. But the truth is being sad is totally normal. And I had every right to feel panicked and sad and frustrated because I was just diagnosed with multiple sclerosis at 21 years old. And even my therapist and I talk about this a lot. And we talked about that ever since I've stopped my Cymbalta on my own terms, I've been feeling so much better. And I stopped it on my own terms because I felt like I didn't need it and I didn't want it anymore. I missed being able to feel and naturally I just knew this drug that clouded my mind and numbed me like completely had to go. It just wasn't for me anymore. And that was one of the best decisions I've ever made is getting off of the Cymbalta. And this isn't to say that antidepressants such as Cymbalta and other drugs don't work well for other people. Like I have plenty of friends and even family members who do really well with these drugs and that's really great for them and really wonderful for them and I'm glad that it works for them. But it's just that for me, I didn't see a need for it and I'm so glad that I spoke up and was an advocate for myself. I was taking control over what drugs I wanted to put in my body and which ones I didn't want to and that's super important. So after being off of the Cymbalta, my bladder is back to normal, just like before, just like before I was diagnosed with MS, and I can pee now without even thinking twice, which is huge for me, and it's really, really, really happy. I'm really happy about it, because it was just something so frustrating and annoying, and I didn't want to have to deal with that for the rest of my life, and I was made to think that my only way around it was having to self-catheterize, which is just insane to me that stopping this medicine actually completely fixed my bladder and I was going to have to be made to self-catheterize every day. So it just goes to show that doing your own research is so, so important like for yourself because sometimes a doctor will not take the time to do the research for you and to go through all the possible solutions with you to help you solve a problem. So it's just really important to do your own work. Um, and then after stopping the Cymbalta, I stopped the Flomax as well because there was no need for it anymore. Um, and then I realized I'd already knocked two like heavy drugs out of my regimen, like through doing my own research and being my own advocate for my health. And let's not forget about the Ambien. So Ambien was a beautiful drug for me while I was in the hospital. And for the first couple of weeks being home, it was great for me and it knocked me right out and it helped me to fall asleep faster, but I never had a restful sleep while on this drug. It just kind of knocked me out. Um, and unfortunately, I soon built a tolerance to this drug and it started to not work as good as it used to while I was in the hospital. And I knew that going on a higher dose of the Ambien was very dangerous and that it could cause a bigger addiction or like hallucinations and a host of other really serious issues that I just didn't want to deal with on top of my MS already. So I then decided that I just wanted to get off Ambien completely and just figure out a healthy sleep routine instead of having to take a drug to help me sleep. So I had to slowly wean off of the Ambien. So I went from the five milligrams a night to 2.5 milligrams a night and then 2.5 milligrams three times a week. And then eventually I went to nothing. And my first couple sleeps, like when I stopped the Ambien, were some of the best sleeps of my life, which I know sounds completely insane and it's shocking and I'm still shocked too. 
Like, I thought I would experience serious withdrawal from it. Um, But on my own, I created a sleep routine that works well for me. I no longer go to sleep at 3 a.m. anymore. I go to sleep at a reasonable hour and I put my phone away um, and out of sight as well, which has like really helped me to sleep better and just get a more restful sleep. And then lastly, another drug that I quickly found did not work for my body at all was gabapentin, which I had mentioned in another podcast episode before. But I had serious nerve pain, especially in my fingers and some really bad back muscle spasms. And my neurologist put me on gabapentin immediately after hearing about these things. And she wanted me to do 300 milligrams three times a day. And then after a few weeks on this drug, I didn't think it was working at all. So she upped the dosage by a lot. And I just trusted her because she's a neurologist and, you know, they know best. At least we think that they know best. And we trust our doctors all the time without asking questions. Um, So she upped the dosage by a lot. She actually basically doubled the prescription. So I was taking a really high dose of gabapentin each day. And it was just so many pills. And I had to set alarms on my phone to remind me to take them three times a day. And it was just really annoying. And then after around two weeks of this drug, I noticed that it was literally like ruining me. Like my hand and my back pain got 10 times worse than before. And I was having horrible lower back pain and just kidney pain from it. And it was making me extremely nauseous every day too, which is a side effect. Um, And I knew almost immediately that this drug was not at all for me. So I jumped on the internet and looked up some side effects of the gabapentin to see that what I was feeling was normal and my doctor never discussed with me all the serious side effects of this drug which is an issue for sure Um, and I just felt super weak and I had even more muscle pain than I ever did before and I did not want to stay on this drug that was supposed to help me but was literally doing the complete opposite for me so I ended up calling my doctor and I told her that I completely stopped gabapentin because I honestly think that I was having an allergic reaction to it. My kidneys were really upset with me on this drug and it felt horrible. Like I remember some days like I would need help getting up from bed because my back and my kidneys hurt so so bad and I just felt that they were so inflamed. So I knew that this drug was definitely causing some sort of reaction in my body and I needed it out of my system like as soon as possible. And my neurologist said that she understood. And ever since being off of gabapentin, I don't have this constant pins and needles feeling in my fingers anymore. I haven't experienced those bad muscle spasm and spasms in weeks, which is an absolute victory for me. And I haven't had any kidney pain at all since. So I definitely knew that the kidney pain was attributed to this drug that just completely wrecked my body and for me I just think I realized overall that I didn't want to have to be on all these medicines that I did not absolutely need or medicines that made me feel more shitty than I did before so I know I need Ocrevus and I know I need the Ocrevus infusion right now because my MS is so new and it's so active and it is so aggressive so we want to attack it head-on and try to treat it 
But for all of the other extra pills that I've been given for nerve pain, depression, and insomnia, I've just realized that they only made me feel worse overall and not better. So why would I want to be taking drugs that made me feel worse? And I just realized I didn't want to fill my body anymore with pills every time I started to feel a sense of sadness or when my back started to hurt. My body has always been very sensitive and I listen to it when it talks to me. And throughout this whole journey so far, I've just learned that as the patient, it can be really hard to speak up to a doctor. It's like super intimidating and you don't ever want to feel like you're offending them. Um, but you have to speak up for you and for your health and what works for your body. Like if something does not feel right, speak up. Like this is your body, you have control over it and what you put in it. You can always listen to a doctor's suggestions and respect what they say about different drugs, but this doesn't mean that you have to take every single one that they suggest to you. I was just tired of feeling bad um, from all these extra drugs that were only making things so much worse for me. So I knew that I just had to stop taking the ones that made me feel like shit. And to heal myself naturally is what I decided to do. So with the proper diet and the right foods and a healthy amount of exercise every day and a really good sleep routine, I knew that I could start to feel better in a more natural way without having to just you know, pop a pill every time I'm experiencing experiencing insomnia. And all these pills just weren't good for my mind or my kidneys. And I knew that through a more natural ap- approach, I would feel better, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally as well. Like your body is just all connected. Like what you put into it is going to have an effect on you emotionally and mentally as well. And if we aren't our own best advocates, our voices will never be heard and we won't be able to help ourselves and we won't be able to help others too. The control is in our hands and better decisions can be made once we realize that. Like once I started to actively engage in my own health, I became educated and educated patients are empowered patients. And becoming educated forces you to ask difficult questions and to make difficult choices. But if I didn't educate myself, I would still be suffering today. And then finding second, third, or even fourth opinions is something that I truly believe in with medications and also just coming up with your own solutions for what will help you personally. Like educating myself has helped me to build up that confidence that I needed to confront doctors and to demand answers. And all these extra pills and these drugs that I was taking just caused me more crippling pain that I had initially felt. So I knew that it was time for a big change. I think that being your own best advocate is important in all situations, whether or not you're suffering from a chronic autoimmune disease And it's just important to make your voice heard, not just in healthcare. Fighting for what you want and knowing what will be better for you is so, so important. And we have the responsibility to not remain silent and to speak up. It takes time and trial and error with different drugs, um, but eventually your body 
is going to guide your mind and you'll be able to make more sound decisions that will benefit you in the now and in the long run. So thank you guys all for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you guys learned something and enjoyed this episode. And I hope you guys just all have a really beautiful and awesome week. And please stay tuned for next week's episode.